Mickey War. Well, hold up, hold up. You're not just Mickey War anymore. You're Uncle Mickey War. Oh, yes. That's how we starting it. That's right. Yeah, man. Man. Congratulations, Unc. Yeah, congratulations to Andy, Melissa. Big ups to Melissa. Yeah. I don't know how many hours of It was like a couple days, labor. right? It yeah. was a couple days. Poor girl. We just saw them um, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Went over there. How they doing? They're doing Mickey good. They look tired. Uh, I, respectfully, I'm going to say they look good. <laughs> they look Better good. than ever. <laughs> They're glowing. Right. Uh, you know, they have, they have uh, luckily, they have very uh, supportive uh, parents that are mm-hmm. there to help them through the the whole process. Nice. It's uh, always fun to see a, a, a little a newborn, yeah. their little itty bitty hands, and mm-hmm. you know all they want to do is cry and get a back rub and yep. suck on something. That's a that's the life I'm trying to live right, right. now. Uh, Andy sent me a picture of his face Photoshop. Yo, he on said, the, he on said his me and Sean the same. I was thing. like, "Girl, take him back. <laughs> Something's wrong with him. Take him back." No, I, I, got a Benjamin Button thing going on here because they, they sent uh, they sent him the or he uh, sent us a picture to to me and my cousin and I um I was like is this uh, PR ready like is this, <laughs> yeah, is yeah, this yeah, right. pre- <laughs> press release like are we okay and uh, nah. you know they chose you know to keep like many families like not post some photos just yet yeah and, yep and just kind of keep things private and then I said all right well and then I I was driving. And I photoshopped his head onto the baby. <laughs> and I said, how about this? So that's one when he's been Close sending everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'll show wifey that picture he sent to me and Sean, and I was fucking crying, yo. But then he sent us the regular picture. Right, the regular picture. Sam yeah, said yeah. gross. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> that's, every child is beautiful, Sam. Every, every baby is beautiful. That boy got and, a face only a mother could love. <laughs> <laughs> only his mother could love. No, there's a lot of ugly babies. Yeah. <laughs> But we got a cute one. He cute. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he cute definitely, as heck. Yeah, little AJ. Yeah. AJ is definitely. Heck, um, congrats to us for being honorary uncles. Oh, yeah. That's 1,000%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and, yeah, man, we're here. We're fresh off the Mag Park six-year anniversary at the Highlight Room. Wait, what episode is this? This is episode 97. Thank okay. you, bro. We've got to get it clear. You know yeah. you know what we don't do? We don't introduce ourselves. Don't like, this is Mickey Ward and my ride. Okay. <laughs> I am DJ Danger Zone, and this is DJ Rel. Yo, 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 that's Mickey Ward. <laughs> DJ know, right? Danger we should, Zone. We should, we should do the um, Mickey, Mickey D's radio. Uh, Mickey D's radio. Uh, intro. Right that's I mean, why. we should. <laughs> Might as well. Right. We should. Keep it uniform. You're after, now tuned in to Mickey after, D's after, podcast. After, <laughs> after, after uh, episode 100, that's how we should do it. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, fair, fair enough. New energy. Um, but yeah, back to the energy of this past weekend. Um, yeah, man. Congrats to Mickey War again for celebrating six years of six years putting up banners inside Mag Park, located uh, Burbank, California. Man, looking yeah. like the Lakers up in here now, huh, baby? Yeah. You know, I I think I like this situation better than the five year because the six year there was a, a space to hang out. Four year. Was it the four year? Yeah, five years. Oh, because five like year we COVID. spent inside. Yeah. COVID, we stayed inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the four year was in as an avenue that's not around anymore, but it yeah. was tight. We like uh, Rel and I and Sean didn't really have a table, so we just faded off yeah. to the side. And then we didn't want to be in the booth with you because there was enough it was people there. Over there. But yeah. yeah, this time it was spread out. Everyone, we had our own space. It was it was nice. It was a nice, very nice day in um, in Hollywood. But yeah, man, talk about it. Yeah, no, I mean, big shout out to Tao Group, shout out to to my boy Greg, uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Pavan, uh, the whole uh, team at Highlight Room. Um, 
they uh, gave us an opportunity to kind of do our own thing. And, uh, you know, we took care of uh, all the cabanas and tables with some care packages, mm-hmm. had some beach balls floating in the pool. The so, uh, bottle girls were in the yeah, water. Yeah, I walked in and I uh, saw that. And I was like, okay. Specific type of mag park t-shirt mm-hmm. that we had mm-hmm. and the uh bartenders had some stuff so it was cool man we got to brand it um how we wanted to and uh of course my boy dj rel provided mm-hmm. the opening vibes yeah um shout out to dj huge huge uh yeah. for holding us down man yeah he, he made funny sure, yeah. yeah he made sure we were we were good the whole way um Got us that S9, so I don't have to bring yes. in my little SP controller. Yes, thank you for that, bro. I was prepared for that. Yeah, he's a, he's a DJ. He's a sound tech that gets it because he's a DJ. Because he's a DJ, so he exactly. understands. You know, and he yeah. he had text. I remember he had texted me, and he was like, "You guys," he says, "What setup do you guys want?" I said, "The S9, bro. Like, if you can get the S9, yeah. bring it." I said, "It's gonna make it so much easier for Mickey and I and and whatnot to go back and forth or whatever." Uh, he's like, all right, cool. Got you. He says, they're not going to give you turntables. I said, I'm fine with that. Yeah, no. As long as you give us the S9 with Gucci. Yeah. So I'll give him his flowers by just recapping, like, first and foremost, like, man, shout out to everybody that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we were we were present. There was yeah. a lot of, there was at least 40 different people from New York in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody got tables. Like, it wasn't even on some like, yo, what's GA? What's the guest list? Like, Everybody handled their biz, got their own table. Shout out to my guy Jordan Bentley, Sweet Life on HBO Max. Stream that, and mm-hmm. um, and then of course Sal Group hooked us up with a cabana. So like, mm-hmm. you know, we were we had our room. It was comfortable. It was yeah. a good time, and um, they let us keep the, the the cake in the fridge. So it was it was you know it nice. felt very at home. Yeah, yeah. and nice. um, the feedback was was really great um, for us and. There, he's like, we got to get you back in ASAP. It was a great day, and yeah, it was it was dope. dope. But um, to give huge his flowers, and I followed him back because he gave me shit. <laughs> he gave me shit. But he's he look, hey, it, it's funny because huge and I go way back, way back. That's way how we back. know him. And he, it was so funny because I literally handed him my bag. And he like brings out the bag, sets it like damn near sets up my whole shit, mm-hmm. and then he goes. Huh, I used to do this for you. <laughs> I was like, he did say that shit. I was like, oh, I God. do remember him saying like, that shit. All right, yeah. I'm like, true. And then, um, but the real the real reason I want to give him a spot is because he wasn't even working. He wasn't on the clock. Oh wow. He came and did it because he wanted to come and do it for us. Oh shit, I didn't yeah, know that. The homie behind him, which looked like he was training him, right. no, that was the guy that was working. Oh so he came in on his own time oh, wow. to help us out because he knew, you know. What we'd want. Got you. And I thought he, yeah, cool. I thought he was just training old dude. No. Yeah, yeah I felt the same way too. Yeah. No disrespect to old dude. No, yeah. I'm sure he does a great job. Yeah. And he knows his stuff, even though we had one technical difficulty, but that was nobody's fault. Yeah. Other than the person who was going on after us. But maybe. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, shout out to Huge. He came out on his own time and, and he, he, he looked out for us, made sure you got the S9. Cause when we talked about it, they hit me and they're like, can we get your tech rider? And I'm like, oh, damn. I'm like, oh, man, somebody asked me for a tech rider yes. in a minute. I kind of just come in and whatever you got. Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm fine. Like, right. I'll figure it out. Like, right. It doesn't matter. I got the tools. Yeah, you can have the controller. You can have the, just let me know what it is. I'll bring my SP or not. You know. And then um, I I made one real quick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whipped, whipped up one from my old one, just updated some things. 
um, and then sent it in. And I'm like, and then I get a call. And this call's like, um, we'll leave some, I think I can leave names out pretty well, but I got a call that someone very popular um, with a big name was going to come in and, and drop a set. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the call, in, in so many words, basically said, hey, you're still going to get paid what you're going to get paid, your full rate. But uh, we're going to bump DJ Rel, and we're going to have you open, and then we'll have this guy jump on to close out the day. And I said, and I had this weird, like, because I've worked hard for, like, the six-year thing. I, I felt like I waited out for this, like, when I was going to DJ again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, this from, was a, from, a, from all the things we preach. Yeah. Like, like my I want to uphold the brand in yeah. some light where I'm not going to open for some dude that just, you know, started DJing a couple months ago. Right? Mm-hmm. Popular or not. And, and then I was like, let me call you back. And I literally just sat in my chair at my desk and I was like, <laughs> you had to pause. What moment. do I say? You had to pause. You know, moment. because there's two ways to go about it. And maybe this is a good, I don't know, like story for a DJ who might be in that position. But, you know, the argument is number one, this guy's really popular. Mm-hmm. Number two, this guy was going to bring X amount of spenders or people that were going to drop money. So cool. I'm a team player. Let's figure this out. Right. I don't know the answer. It yeah. been my reaction, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to call you back. Sat down, thought about it. How can we make this work? Not going to cut my boy Rel off. Uh, Rel and I actually, we're splitting the bread. Like, I'm like, I don't want him to get cut off. So how do we figure this out? Call him back. I said, look, this is what we'll do. Put together a plan. Rel still opens. I'll come on a little later. I'll do. I'll basically do an hour in between, and then this guy can still go on right around what you wanted, and he could close out the day. Yeah. And then now you get my people. I'll still do my thing, uphold my brand, and and do whatever. And so we made it work. Um, but it, like, man, I wanted to react. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it took some discipline. When but, he um, hit me up, I felt it. I was like. Yeah, he was like, but this is what the deal is. I said, okay, cool. Yeah. I had a voice note him too, because yeah, I was like, right? bro, I don't even know how to text this right now. Like, I'm like, I don't even know how I feel. But um, but yeah, so you know, it's a situation where look, it's a team, I'm a team player. I don't want the venue to lose out on money. I'm not gonna lose out on on what I want this to look like. You know what yeah. I mean? I still was able to uphold the vision. We got it done. Rel did it, did an amazing job. I went on and, and kind of continued on that energy, trying to see where it went. You know, mm-hmm. it was really tricky because it wasn't like a slammed, like crazy party. party it was yeah. just vibes, was vibes yeah. at, at different areas, different sections. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, let's try to take a couple shots. You know, I try to take it there. And then uh, and then yeah, and then we had the the, the guest CJ and um <laughs> he did his thing mm-hmm. <laughs> in so many words. And um and and that was it. And here's the thing too. And it's funny because I heard about this. He's such a nice guy. And he yeah, really is. He the, was a nice yeah. dude. Like the sweetest dude ever. So you can't even be mad. But like the energy obviously had a drop off. It was yeah. a, a, like, you know, we're playing um R and B, like kind of like Afrobeat, yeah. like rhythms and like some little sprinkles of Latin stuff and I I really laid off of like I don't know what I felt like was nothing too crazy mm-hmm. unless it was like heavier hip hop because I knew he wouldn't play that yeah and then 
And then it was like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like what, like a Visa Miami house? It was Miami. Right it was there? definitely you Miami know, vibes. Not yeah, yeah, Joe had that one. Yeah. It was but it was like Miami vibes in there. Yeah. Like even like it'd be like the hottest record, like La Mama. Mm-hmm. But it was like La Mama, La Mama, La Mama. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like the turn up. Like he's like like Mickey said, he did his thing. Again, which it wasn't bad. No, no, no. It no, just no. wasn't the vibes for that right. particular moment. You know what I mean? For that spot, for that, just that space in general. So that's why it was just, it didn't, it didn't transpire well. Right. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. it, you know. You know. For, for the crowd, I think had, you know, had we not brought in as many Absolutely. people as Absolutely. we, like our yeah, group, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Absolutely. Who was kind of expecting it to go a certain way. Did yeah. you see people complaining? No. I think they were just kind of like, when is it going to change? I think silent with, protest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Within <laughs> within each other, they probably were, but not nothing out loud. I don't think any anyone came in complained to Mickey. They, I think they just asked him if he was going to go back on or. Anything like <laughs> I got a lot of that, yeah. and um, which is which is funny. And I was just like, man, let's just enjoy whatever. Keep yeah. drinking. The yeah. only thing I could think about was, so um, I, I, you know, X amount of people purchased the table through through our link, mm-hmm. so I know how many people bought. And I know what they spent. Nobody spent above their minimum. Yeah. To me, when I think about the business side of it, like, you know you did a good job when people overspend when they're minimums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, it just felt like, because I got off at 5.30, closed at 7. I think there's a solid 30 to, 30 to 60 minutes where the, you have that opportunity to overspend. Because yeah, right around 6.30, yeah. you're kind of done spending yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. You're probably wasted, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yep. And so um, so I just felt like whatever the playlist was, unfortunately, just didn't get them there. Mm-hmm. And But I think we could have, like if we would have kept you the know, opportunity that, was that energy. There. Yeah, it was there. Yeah. Like the party was set up for a good time. Yeah, absolutely. I had a good time. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I had listen, a good time. listen. That might have to be the cover. Yeah. That picture yeah. of you might have to be the cover. Shit, <laughs> this is the trans- <laughs> The transition to this is amazing. Man, listen. All I'm gonna say is, what Mike, do you remember, Mike? I remember everything. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I remember everything. Right. Mike came over to me. and He goes, "Listen, we getting drunk today," and I understood the assignment. <laughs> so, that's all I'm saying. He guaranteed. He said, "Rel executed a little too well." Yeah, I'm like, listen. <laughs> Okay, fuck it. You know what I mean? And overachiever. To, what Mike said when the sure. last DJ got on, when the last DJ got on, and he was just like, "Man, fuck it, let's just drink, let's have this drink, have a good time." Fuck it, let's keep drinking. Everybody kept drinking or whatever. Next thing I know, Mike ended up going back on for a little bit. Yeah, it did. And it wasn't until like I think he played his last song, right? And I was like. I looked out and I said, oh, yeah, I'm fucked up. <laughs> that moment. Yeah. That I said, moment. Every drunk person up. has that yep. moment. I had right? that moment. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fucked up. So I was like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? I think I kept my composure for the most part. The yes. worst of it all was when we went to dinner and I just had my head down. Dinner was just a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and I blame, and this is going to sound like a broken record if we've gone to earlier podcasts, but Horacio shows up. <laughs> and so everything changes. Shout out to our boy Horacio. Yeah. And the reality is, like, so shout out to Tao, like, Again, like they hooked us up, they comped us like food. Yeah. Like I think it was like two bottles, mm-hmm. um, or three bottles inside the cabana, and then they still sent us. Like I felt awkward asking for a bottle. Like, but Hugh just like we might bleep that because <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. But he's like texting the group chat for the the hosts and servers, and they're like, Mickey War wants a bottle of 1942. Oh my God. I'm just like, yo, like I felt uncomfortable. I'm like, I got two right there. Yeah. And he's just like, 
he was a DJ, like whatever. I was like, all right, whatever. So then they end up. There was already another bottle because the one they gave me, they gave you, they gave me one. He was like, yo, you get one. So they gave me one. They gave me one and food. And then Mike had his own, but then they gave him what two more or some shit like two, that. Yeah, bro, two in the cabana and shout out to Deep Murphy. <laughs> two in the cabana and um. And then the the champagne at the end. Yeah. And then they gave you the one in the booth. And then they gave me one in the booth. Yep. And then as soon as the guest DJ went on, we, this is what I knew was bad. <laughs> we both grabbed the bottle and took off <laughs> to the cabana. Because <laughs> that's, that's what he said. He said, just take it and grab it. We were all going to buy it, bro. We were like, oh, yeah, we right, gone. No. We gone. So Because he knew that they were going to give the other DJ right. one, too. So he was like, just smart, take yours smart. and go to the cabana oh, yeah. with it. So run there. Like, all right, so, yeah. yeah. Just took the shit and we bounced. <laughs> and that's what surprised me about Rel at dinner because – he was like his intermission was literally from closure of club to like end, end of, of dinner, dinner. Yep. yeah. Because he, you know, he went on a little siesta mm-hmm. and like it was, it was funny too because we, um, Arasio, he's the one that's like, all right, I haven't gone out in a second, I guess yeah. and it's us. And then he's like, what can we keep doing, you know? And I had a room at the hotel there, so we had we had space to think about things. And they're like, let's go to dinner. I'm like, all right, fine, we're gonna go to dinner. We're gonna towel like close by. So I, you know, called whoever I needed to call, got us a reservation last minute. And he goes, yeah, you're good. You just got to make sure you're wearing pants. So then these guys. We all have shorts on. Yeah, they all have shorts on. I brought pants because I I felt there could be a chance, right? You got to go somewhere. So then they go, like, to the first door. Listen. Horacio, <laughs> right, we, we, I, listen, I'll tell you, I, I was fucked up, but I remember bro, everything, right? The so first store. We, we're going, we're going to, 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 we're um, something like that. So I'm thinking, you know, on Hollywood Boulevard, there's like H and M's and shit yeah, like yeah. that. And at this time, it's like eight o'clock, so we probably still got an hour to kill. But he's like, borderline. He was like, he was like, man, he was like, to be honest with you, if you get like one of the gift shops or whatever, and I was like, we really, I said, Horacio, we don't have to do it. I remember f- vividly saying to him, I'm like, bro, we don't have to do all this. He said, no, nah, don't worry, I got you. Just, just don't trip, don't trip. Uh-huh. I was like, yo, boy, I got to put my bag down. Then, so we walked to my car. I put my bag down. Luckily, it was in the like, you know, secured like um, lot. Yeah. I put my bag down. We walk back up to Hollywood Boulevard and the first gift shop we saw, we just walk in there. So we walk in there. I'm fucking smacked, bro. Like, I'm just walking in this. I'm like, I can't believe it. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I can't believe we're really doing this to go have dinner at a towel, right? So he's like, and and then Horacio asks me, he says, you think it'd be better if we get sweatpants or or jeans? I said, probably jeans, bro. Like, I'm like, yeah, they'll let us in for sweatpants, but I was like, it's probably just going to be a bad look. Let's just get jeans. So he was like, all right, we'll get jeans. Now we get jeans, but we don't have belts, right? So now we was like, I was like, yo, just get a size smaller. That way, you know, you won't have to need the belt. So both of us get a size smaller than we would normally get. We put these jeans on. We get back to the hotel. We put these jeans on. Neither one of us can button them up. <laughs> what size waist? Yo, I, I looked. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, bro. I'm like, oh, no, I'm too fucked up. The adventure this, continues. Yeah, I was like, fuck it. But they stayed on our waist. So they so just pulled the shirts pull down. The shirt over it. <laughs> we pulled the shirts over it. And we're walking around with unbuttoned jeans. <laughs> I was like, yeah. 
I was like, I was like, oh my god, bro, this is like ten years ago. Yo, this, is this, is so I said, this is gonna be great. I, and the whole time, I'm Who saying, are we? I was like, this is gonna be great content for the podcast. Back. This is gonna be great. I, the whole time, I'm like, this is gonna be great content for the pat the uh, podcast. Just look like just a split like the bottom of the overall, bro. I'm like, bro. Like, I'm like, man. Luckily, my shirt was a little baggy, so it wasn't right. as noticeable as Horacio's was. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, but like, I remember walking into the restaurant, yeah. walking down the stairs, we yeah. get to the table, and I put my head on the table. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then was a you're talking about a bad look no, with sweats. Remember, you put remember, your head on the table. I remember two things. I remember them telling me I had to pick my head up. Yeah. And I remember. <laughs> And I remember the I remember the uh, the couple that proposed the, at the top. So there was a proposal upstairs, <laughs> the and they were loud as shit. And they were loud, like like you thought something went. How angry were you? When they were I was loud? I was happy for them. Oh, I was yeah. smiling, oh, bro. Oh, like, if I can give you a visual, he was like this, and he just goes. <laughs> I was happy for him. I know what that feeling was like. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> he stops clapping and goes back to sleep. I was the most. Respectful Damn. drunk. I felt like I was the most respectful drunk. No, Ralph did an amazing job. I said I missed this. Oh yeah, like, I I was, and, and that was my thing. And I was more embarrassed for them. I'm like, fuck, yo. And I, and I, when I got home, like, as soon as we got back to the room after dinner, I woke right back up. Yeah. And it was like, Horacio was like, what the fuck, like, bro? You <laughs> was like, he was a different human being. I was like, yo, I'm up now. I was like, I'm good. I was like, I could have drove home, but shout out again, shout out to Horacio and his girl. Like, yeah. they made sure that I got home safely and Damn. in my car, or whatever. Um, his girl drove my car and I was giving her directions. I was like, now nah, you make a left hair, boom, boom, boom. Horacio was looking back at me like, bro, you were just laid out at dinner. Back. Like all of a sudden, it's like you're a brand new yeah, dude bro. right now. So it, I mean, again, I had a good time. And that's why I said, I felt bad. And I was like, I text Horacio, yo, thanks. My bad for everything. I text Mickey, yo, my fault. Like, I know I was fucked up. He was like, bro, you good. Thank you. I was like, you good. So... Hey, I, like I said, I understood the assignment. I had a good time. And the fans, thank you for your content. <laughs> yeah, man. We appreciate it. Yo, listen, I had to come in here and talk about something this weekend. That shit was yeah. amazing. <laughs> other than that, weekend was good. Yeah, the weekend was good. I mean, the night before. And keep in mind, I came in there hungover. I came to that pool party hungover. Because oh, on Saturday, I had a day party. And Saturday night, I dj I was uh, DJing at third base, which is right across, across the street, street yeah. Yeah. from fucking um, Highlight Room. So I was there all day, and the guys that booked me there, they're like, yo, let's do shots, blah, blah, blah. Oh, My wife was, um, she was doing an event, so they weren't with me. So when they, when, when my wife is not around, everybody just decides, let's yeah. get real fucked up. Yeah, happy birthday, yeah, bro. Exactly. Like, hey, let's celebrate with real. All right, whatever. So I'm there. I'm all right. I was like, all right, bro, I got to stop drinking because I got a gig to get to tonight, right? <laughs> Showed up to my gig literally a little late, but they weren't tripping about it. Get there. DJing, the bartender's like, I was telling you yesterday, like, it started early. Usually it graduates, like, you know, we gradually get to the peak of the night. Yeah. When I, from when I start, man, when I hit the record 10 minutes later, it was packed. They were like, drinks, blah, blah. I'm like, man, I'm like, yo, I gotta take it easy because I gotta drive back home, take it easy. I'm still like, <sighs> I was like, woke up. I was like, well, gotta do it again, man. Yeah. So, and then Sunday was just lights out. <laughs> so 
So yeah, other than that, man, I, I had a solid weekend. CJ Rose is like the speed bump for a drink, you know, like it's, it's, it slows down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a filter that she's goes there, She's there to be like, babe, stop. No. <laughs> no one Straight flow there. this yeah, weekend. Yeah. No one was there to tell me to stop. <laughs> she's either the speed bump or she's the, uh, what are the, those like thorn, not thorns, but those metal pieces that stick out when you're going the wrong way. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And when it's time to stop, she puts those up and it's like, yeah. all right, I'm going to fuck my tires up. Exactly. Oh, my God. So, yeah, other than that, man, my weekend was good. It was a great time. What about yours? It's not as adventurous as yours. I The weekend before, I did memoir. Are you a black and shrine, no. Could have been fun though. I would have. Could have been fun there. in the encore, just walking around Black Dow. That oh, could be yeah. fun. That might be a value. Trust me, it is. I've, I've done it. it. <laughs> <laughs> jinx, jinx. No, wrong city, but you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually went into that night a little concerned because it's a Friday. It's it, you know I think anywhere or most most of the clubs around the country Fridays are a little slower than Saturdays. Um, so I went in with with that on my mind and then Shap, shout out to him I was like ah how we looking it's gonna be a little slow he's like nah man we're like we got damn near every all but three tables sold GA's looking good and they had Tiesto the night before mm. two different crowds but you know I don't know I, I, I don't you know I, who knows um, typically when you have someone big that night you don't the, the following night it's is, usually slower is, is slower yeah. yeah so um, and then they had Cascade out at Shrine on that Thursday too. So, you know, it's like people in that region, you know, they'll drive an hour or two just to get to whatever club, whatever's going on. That's normal for them. Unlike right. us in LA, we just, you know, pull up 20 know. minutes away <laughs> and we don't care. <laughs> we won't go down the street. Man, yeah. they'd be like 20 minutes. God damn. Yeah, like, bro. it's raining? Yeah. Oh, man. You gotta pay for parking. Yeah, right? Man, so many so, fucking excuses. Yeah. So, the overall, the night went Really, really well. They said it was their best Friday since opening the pandemic. Nice. And I just wanted to share uh, a moment in my uh, selection in music. Everyone does this, uh, or I think I would assume most DJs do this, but but it's it's a fun thing to share. Um, so I know I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Typically, at a venue like Memoir, where it's you can go where they want the up tempo and the pop um, around one thirty. Yeah, I went back up tempo and they just, I realized they weren't really feeling it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen DJs just drill and drill for whatever reason. I'm not going to get into what I think, but for whatever reason, they continue to play up tempo. And it's, and it's like, it's fine because 130, no one's really spending money. So it's, uh, so people are either going to, you know, slowly work their way out yeah. or they're probably going to just hate themselves for the next 30 minutes because they probably don't want to listen to shit because they're not moving, they're not dancing. So I recognize that after like two or three um, house songs, even house songs that were familiar. So I was like, fuck it. Last 30 minutes, we'll just go 2000s hip hop. Mm. Man, shit worked crazy. like a charm. I'm trying to tell you, man. Yeah. That's, the, that's the vibe it, right It worked now. like a charm. And and I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what every, everyone does, but it was just fun to just shift like that and not feel like I have to ram this house down people's throats. And, you know, in Hollywood, you don't got to deal with that. You're playing hip hop most of the night. Yeah. And, you know, you might you might dip into that old school stuff later on or some sexy Afrobeat or some shit like that. But it was just fun to like see people stick around and just like instead of, um, you know, just slowly make their way out, they stuck around. You know, I saw more some people at the bar and then Shap was telling me... Um, he felt the music helped ease people out as opposed to just like 
whatever they're used to. I don't, yeah. I don't really get into what they're right. But it worked out and it was cool. And I had fun playing that stuff. It's not often I... You, I was listening to Joe Budden podcast and he was complaining about the DJs in New York or the DJs that he sees and it's just nonstop the same nine guys. It's Pop Smoke, it's Lil Baby, mm-hmm. Dub Baby, you know? And he was complaining that you, like, give me the 2000 shit. Give me the 2015 shit. Like, yeah, give, me the, up, yeah. give me the give um, me the high top shit. Like, mix it up. People like, want that's, shit that that's fun. It's familiar you know? but that they forgot about. Yeah. So, so, yeah, just like, it's just fun to just explore. and the artists are lobbying us because now they're sampling all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah literally it's, making it. It's really right there for, for DJs to be able to utilize that at least through their nights. Did you yeah. get a request for Bad Bunny? Bad Bunny? Oh, where? No, I shine. I did though, and I was like, man, I could have swore I played. I didn't play it. Oh, man, listen, <laughs> I got it at the you, end. You guys, I'm sure you guys have been seeing that. Like, the, a lot of DJs have been talking about how, like, yo, with these requests for Bad Bunny. It's getting out of hand, like, and you know, obviously crooked and those guys making yeah. the shirt and shit like that. And I was just like, oh, I don't get it. Like, yeah. I haven't really gotten a crazy amount of requests for Bad Bunny. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they'll come over and be like, hey, can you play some Latin stuff? Or no one's really been specific about specific, what artists, yeah. Yeah. what they want to hear. That my mom, Bad Bunny. Saturday night, what? when I DJ, the amount of requests I got for Bad Bunny was insane. It was to the point where at the end of the night, when I was still getting requests. I said, if you name a Bad Bunny, you name a Bad Bunny song, you name a specific, because they were like, can you play some Bad Bunny? I said, what song? Well, any song. I said, no, you give me a specific song, yeah. and if I have it, I'll play it. And if I have it, and I hadn't played it already, I'll play it for you. And they would just go down the list. I played it already. played it already. I played it already. They could not name a song. That's how much Bad Bunny yeah. I played in that night. And I was just like, I'm, I said, I don't get it. And I was like, what the fuck? But every time I dropped the Bad Bunny song, I was like, yeah. I was like, Bad Bunny's that dude right now. Is that dude, I was man. Like, okay, man. So I was like, now I get it. I was like, okay, you, you now I understand it. it. I was you like, saw it I experienced it. So you should just tell me I'll play Bad Bunny and then play La Mama. See if they can figure it out. Play I'll play Jay Balvin and they'll be no, like, No, this is Bad yeah, Bunny right, right here. here. What? This is hello. Song. What are you listening to? <laughs> yeah, I gotta give Rose props too because he was when we were sitting there. We talked about this too at the moment, but like. I asked Ro, I was like, ah, like I, I feel like it's a little early to play this, but like I, I know what's his face isn't gonna play it. It was it was essence. Mm. And I was oh, like, yeah, the Ro yeah. just gave me that look. He said, Bro, play whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, he yeah. goes, You control the crowd. <laughs> control doesn't control you. The crowd doesn't control you. Yeah. I said, I was like, damn, you felt like a basketball coach. Get in there. And I was like, it's your fucking party. Play whatever <laughs> the fuck you want to play. Coach Rail. It's my first time back. It's, just, it's encouraging. That's, and that's what I thought. I was like, yeah, he's, it's his first time back. Yeah. He's probably shake some nerves off. Get in there, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that that was cool. Then it went over to Shrine in Connecticut. And I actually dodged a hurricane in Connecticut. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll typically I would stay the night in Connecticut and then either drive. I was going to drive back to Boston because my flight was the following day, um, on Monday instead of Sunday, or, or I would just go to BDL airport and right. catch a flight, um, out of, uh, on a Sunday. But they said, yeah, you may want to get the hell out <laughs> as soon as you can, because, um, you, you might be stuck here. Basically all mm. the roads are going to be closed. There's going to be. Power lines down, trees down, and all that. So shout out to Jesse Jess. I reached out to him. I think he was going to stay the night, too. And I said, yo, can I ride back with you? And it worked out. We got back to Boston. It was supposed to hit Boston, but it really didn't. It's just a little bit of rain. But yeah, I saw news reports the next day of Connecticut, 
uh, Providence. Like, yeah, it was yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Shrine, whatever, how many years they've been around since 2006 or seven, still Saturday nights, man, they, they wow. got to be top 10 in the country. It's just nonstop energy, no matter what you play. Um, and again, if they don't like it, they just kind of, or they don't care for it, they just chill and wait for you to change the shit, to change it up. I and respect that. Yeah. Um, like great food, great, um, just great energy on a Saturday. So shout out to those guys. Um, and yeah, uh, three months ago, a good friend of ours reached out and said, yo, all these agencies are popping up. Um, I think you guys should do like a 2.0 kind of talk on agencies. And, and, uh, then someone else said, yo, I see this agency just released their rollout, whatever. Um, you know them. How do I get on? And, and I, like, without sounding like a hater, I had to get him out of that mindset of like being put on this agency. Um, so I think, uh, I think, let me ask you, I mean, I don't cut you off. What was his reasoning or what was his DJ's reasoning for wanting to be part of that? Well, I think um, it had to do with like um, FOMO. I think, I think deep down, we all want to be a part of a clique, of a circle, of an agency, of some group. Um, I think we've seen in the past the Dexstar clique when it was um, flourishing. We've seen the camaraderie and family feeling that scam um I think it was bigger before, like 10 mm. years ago. I think it was much bigger. Um, and, you know, they made it feel like a family. Yeah. And then we also see these boutique agencies and management companies and cliques pop up where it's not really an agency. It's more of just like a clique. Yeah. You know, like a, a DJ crew, uh, so to speak. Um, but regardless, I think we all want to be a part of something. So when we see something cool and we think we're capable, we want to be a part of it. So I... um. I think that's something that that DJs, especially I think the DJs that listen to us, they um, are kind of up and coming. I think some are established, but end of the day, we all want to. I think all of us want to be a part of something. So um, I think we got to be careful with with what we want because that may not be for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, so this agency releases a rollout. That might be good for them. And time will tell because we don't even know if that's going to work out for them. But it may not be good. I think we've all experienced that, mm -hmm. right? Where something rolled out and we want to be a part of something. And then later on, we see the guy that they just picked up uh, six months later is complaining. Or you're having a conversation with him and he hates it. Or just things aren't going the way they thought they would be. Yeah. Trial and error. Um. So I think that's something that <clears throat> DJs just have to get past it's just that feeling of wanting to be a part of something and understanding Shit, this may not be for you you all i mean you you gotta look i think if you're gonna dig deep you gotta dig deep into whatever agency you want to be a part of you gotta understand like how they really work as opposed to just looking at the surface of they get these guys are booked in these venues when they roll out their newest editions they you gotta see um who they're adding and how they fit mm. what are they bringing to the table that uh, makes them fit in that agency situation how does how do they behoove the agent you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and then you have to understand what the agents after the agent's probably not gonna want to 
coach someone or build someone up, they want to make money as soon as the wheels hit the floor. They, you know, as soon as they get going, as soon as the rubber touches a, a, the road, they want to make money. They don't want to like build you up, reach out. Hey, I got this new guy. You know, he's a $500 guy, but we're building him up to a thousand. Like they're not looking to do that. I think you'll see a lot of tour DJs on some of these rosters because it's easy money for the agent. Yeah. The agent knows this guy's booked with this artist damn near every weekend of the month. I don't even have to flex a muscle. Like it sounds nasty, but it's it's the thought process. You know, I'll try and get them booked when I can and I'll continue to say nice things and big them up and whatever. But and and to that DJ, he may feel well, it's better than not having anything or anyone push me or whatever. All It's worth paying this agent 20% of my tour, uh, my artist bookings, and 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 hopefully he'll get something for 1000 or 1500 to offset that perhaps. You know? Yeah. Um, so you have to understand why each... I think you have to understand why each DJ fits in an agent situation. Um, you're still going to have to hustle for your gigs, right? You're not going to, you can't just say, oh, I'm signed to so-and-so, life's good, kick my feet up. I think it depends. Like, I mean, every agency is different. Like, there's a reason why people would want to work with this agency versus that agency. Like, clearly there's agencies that may be more popular or have been around longer or work with more venues than the other. But, like, I think there's a reason why everybody wants to work with you know, whoever, I think the idea of the, you know, I think what you refer to it as like FOMO in regards to like seeing a rollout really just comes from that same idea of like oh, the, that antique idea of just like, Oh, like I want to be signed to a label. Well, like, is that still the mentality of an artist today? Like, mm-hmm. or do they just want a distribution deal? Like the idea of getting an advance being signed to Def Jam and, whatever, whatever, but they own fucking everything, right? Like, is that still, like, the goal for a lot of people? For some uneducated artists, it probably is because that's the look. Mm -hmm. Same for a DJ, right? But at the same time, like, as a, you know, obviously we're speaking from a a perspective of we've been there, done that kind of deal, you know? And, um, you know, from someone who launched an agency, many moons ago, you know, and, and saw what that looked like. And I felt like we had a, a fucking dope rollout and there was a, a large amount of FOMO and interest that people wanted to join, but you know, the bones and structures weren't strong enough from the, the, the rest of the team to get us to where we needed to get. Um, And so <clears throat> really it just comes down to, you know, it's it's a balanced thing. Like you can't have an agency that you need more than they need you, and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. And when when there's a when that's uneven, that's where it's gonna that's where the leverage shifts to one side, and then it, it's gonna create some sort of a spark to what ultimately will be an unhappy experience. Yeah. yeah. But if there's a balance, right, and you come in and you're the, the like you said, the tour DJ, well, shit, what does it take <clears throat> for the tour DJ? To, let's just say hypothetically this agency is taking 20%, yeah. right? Who's to say the DJ can't just go in and be like, look, I'm going to give you 10% of my tour stuff because or anything involved with the artists that I work with. 
because I'm bringing that to the table. That's guaranteed money in your pocket. But this is just to keep you paid to keep your interest going. Anything you book from me with your contacts, you can have the 20% or 25%, mm-hmm. whatever, like anything to like balance it out, but incentivize the new work. Yeah. But if you're not a dope DJ or a brand or someone who's making money already, you take no that leverage. shit somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. you have no leverage. Like you have no leverage. Yeah. So really, it just comes down to where where do you walk into it? Like if again, if you're quote unquote the five hundred dollar guy, well, there's not enough room for everybody to make money. Like yeah. these guys aren't going to book you to collect a hundred dollars. Like it's just not worth the time. It, there's expenses. There's parties. There's branding. Like there's just it's just way too much going on. So, you know. You know. As much as I I tell DJs don't get with an agency and we we did this talk and i think it was probably one of our um, first five more episodes. more controversial better uh, engaging episodes it was yeah it was like episode two or three or something um and i think that sparked conversation and ripples in the community um and in that i would tell djs just build up your resume build up your residencies um, there will be a time where you'll need an agent, but right now, most of you don't need an agent. And on that same token, I'm kind of like, fuck it, join an agency. You're not, it's not a contract for life. I think we, we think this is like conclusive. This is like, just, just how it's going to be forever. It's not a contract for life. Some don't, I don't even think most do contracts anyways, cause you can just dip out, um, join it, build your contacts up through that agency you know, some people will see you in a different light because you're a part of this agency. Cool. Like, get that respect because that happens. People just all of a sudden have more respect for you because you're part of this clique. Do it for whatever, 10 months, a year, and then dip. You're not hurting anyone's feelings. Like, yo, this ain't working out. Cool, thanks. You might get a couple um, contacts out of it, and those contacts could go a long way because those contacts know people. They open up their own clubs. They They move around like... Like this is a part of the growing process. You might have to get heartbroken just to like understand and how this thing works. Cause I mean, I, I can speak from experience. It's happened to me where I got pissed off in all these situations, but I learned a lot. And for whatever reason, for whatever reason, after leaving this agency or this agency telling me they're going to move forward without me, bookings went up. Like, I don't know if it's, I'm sure it's just like, the universe, you just connecting with the universe and being in line with yourself and all that. But bookings went up and then guys in that agency were losing bookings and I was getting bookings that I probably should have got. So, you know, things happen. But I encourage you guys, if the opportunity comes, take it. As I mean, as long as you're not, as long as they're not taking food off the table and breaking your back on their on their percentage. Just don't burn no bridges. That that shit goes far. Like, yeah. if, you, if you do things foul, like, that could reflect on your character and the ability for you to like be booked elsewhere. And, or you might kind of like isolate yourself to those bookings only, and you're not going to get shit out. Like that's the other thing too. You got to realize the reason why these people have agencies is because they've developed the relationships and they have way more relationships than you do. So unless you're comfortable with your little circle of like venues, Mm -hmm. like then cool, commit to that. That's fine. Nobody's going to tell you how to be happy. But if you want to scale and grow, that's the thing. Like making a living off DJing and uh, I don't know how coming from me, like it'll it'll come off. But it's not that difficult. 
once you get to the hours, like mm-hmm. those thousand hours, or what is it, 10,000 hours? Mm-hmm. Like once you get to that level, we've all put in really around the same amount of time. And we've all kind of like hit our strides at different points of our careers. And the reality is, once you developed enough relationships, you showed enough face, you shook yeah. enough hands, you worked with different people, you've tried an agency, you've gotten out of an agency, you did whatever. Like, man, I've been happy in s- dumb amounts of scenarios, yeah. like in different parts. You know what I mean? And in every which way, it's because of one reason or another. It's not always the same thing. Yeah. And and there's games within the agency. Once you sign up with this agent, you're going to have to play their game. They may, you may want to get booked somewhere, but they're going to, and well, no, let's say this, the booker may say, yo, um, we're interested in, in DJ a, and the booker may say, oh yeah, yeah. DJ is great, but I really think you should book DJ B for whatever reason. And you're, you may hear about that and you obviously you'd be pissed off, but like the agent has his or her own agenda as well. You may have to be a part of a bundle, so so other DJs get paid off. Like, for example, and and this is something that's been going on since way back before shit before we were DJing. You know, you have your twenty five hundred dollar DJ, and he uh, and a club wants to book him, and the booker says, "Well, if you want to book him." You have to book these guys as well. And the club says, well, we're only going to book these guys for 500 instead of their rate of whatever. Oh, instead of the rate of what the club's capable of. And the, and the booker is going to say, okay, cool. So the booker might go back and tell these DJs, hey, this is what they're doing. Um, let's do it for this. And, you know, maybe we can get more later or or whatever the case is. And you're just going to say, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I've been wanting a DJ there. I see my friends DJ there. Yeah, it looks like fun. Also, this main guy can get his cut or get his rate. So there are games within the system that you're just going to have to play along with. You may have, I've heard stories of way back in the past of DJs having a residency, going into an agency and then having the residency residency taken away. So the agent DJs can, can, um, minute can get in there and, and, um, get some, uh, rotate in there and get some slots. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, and I think you were talking about that bulk buy, right? Like, sure, sure, sure. our budget for this quarter is this. We'll give you this, <laughs> you distribute, and then distribute you distribute however you, however you see, and then it might skew towards the favorites mm-hmm. in in the thing, right? Like, oh, you got to at least get me two A DJs, and then I'll settle for two B DJs, and then five C DJs in in three months. You know what I mean? Like something like that. Um, but I think also like. If you feel like that's the person you're going into, that's the scenario you're walking into, you got to have enough discipline to say, I'm better than that. Yeah. You know, like, I think I, I have no preference whatsoever. Like, shout out to Ian Fletcher. He he really, like, when he and I got back together um, or got together pre-pandemic, like, we were making a lot of strides in what we did. And he did a lot of things that I wouldn't have been able to do on my own just because, yeah. like, I don't have the time, one. And then, two, like he's got his relationships, yeah. you know? And then, so like I trust him and whatever we did together, like I had no problem in giving him his cut. Like yeah. that's not a problem. He brought that to the table. Cool. And then at the same time we had a, we didn't, we never signed a contract. We never had like a term sheet. We never did whatever, you but like, hands. yeah, if we shook hands and if 
you know, when I was trying to give him a cut of just the regular stuff that I was getting, he's like, bro, don't even like, don't even give me that. Like, that's not like, I don't need something I didn't bring to the table. Yeah. Like there's ways to work around it. Really. I think what everybody wants is just someone to represent them mm-hmm. and yeah. not have to like do the little sure. work. And if you have someone who entrusts that to, to be willing to take that commission in return for taking that time for you, I think that's a really great scenario. I mean, but for you, Ian's more of a manager than he is a, a like a, a, a acts like an agent for you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I think that's two different type of scenarios. You, to dumb it down, I think what you guys are saying is you got to look at an agency like a a team. Yeah, you know, your agent is the head coach. You have your star player who's DJA, and then you have a bunch of role players. And you know what I'm saying. And you just have to be okay playing your role yep. if that's what the yep. direction you want to go in. And if you don't, that's fine. Go somewhere else. <clears throat> You know what I mean? If you feel like your value is is more than what you're getting in this agency, then move on and, and do your own thing or go to another spot where you're going to be DJ uh, A, the top of the tier, and just working for that. If you are the uneducated or unexperienced DJ that's just coming up in the agency, to Joe's point what he was saying earlier, the agency might be a good way for you to to help your brand and get your name out there and shit like that, but... If you're someone who already has a name, uh, the agency seems pointless to me. And depending I, on the agency, it's like a like playing for a D one versus playing for a D two. Exactly. Like somebody's gonna D ones are gonna get their prime time, you know, NBC airtime. Exactly. And you, you might rotate into those large venues, and then the other one, you know, you might not get the largest venue. Yeah, you'll be on ESPN too, but you'll still have a living. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just, it depends on what the, your 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 goal is and what yeah. you're trying to accomplish. What's your goal? I think. Yeah, yeah. But. I think what what you guys Terrell's point is, if anything, manifest a manager, not an agent, someone mm-hmm. because there there are passionate people out there in the industry. They love the industry. They love hanging and connecting with people. Um, and 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 if you approach them like, yo, you know all these people, you. You know how to talk to people. You know how to connect. You know how to pull from people. Like, how about you represent me? We'll, we'll figure out a cut commission. Um, because you genuinely love to do this stuff. You genuinely yeah. love to connect with people. So let's, you know, and and they're out there. They're they're out there. They're willing to go with you to Vegas. I mean, everyone's willing to go to Vegas, but they're willing to go with you to these clubs and to hang. You know, you get them a couple of drinks or or whatever. Um, and I think there are a lot of people out there. Um. Did you want to jump in and say something? No. Oh, um, I'll tell you what what um, has been working for me, or what what's been what I've been doing. So again, for those that don't know, been through three agencies, three managers, and and then for a couple of years, just did my own thing. Um, I connected with Zach Sobman, who used to book me at Dare before they shut down in Atlantic City, and um, he is attached to Double Down. I believe he's part owner along with Jason Weiss. Shout out to those guys, um, and I said, "Look, I'm not. I'm not interested in being a part of any agency right now. But you know the game. You know the price points. You know how this works. You've been in nightlife in Atlantic City and on the East Coast, and then then he went down to Florida um, since I don't know 2008 or something. Like he was working at AM's Club when they opened it in Atlantic City. I believe it was called Dusk." Like he was cool. Like he he knew the DJs. He just he knew everything that needs to be known in the industry. And I said, um, you know, we'll figure out a price point. But how about you manage me? You you have the relationships. You tackle the East Coast and and all those people. You know, people in Florida. 
and all deal with Vegas and Houston and the Bay um, and Reno. And then at some point, like, I'll bring you in. If, it, if it's a conversation I got to have with the DJ that's booking, I'm going to have a conversation with the DJ and I'll slowly bring you in. I don't want to just say, yo, DJ so-and-so, this is my manager. Talk to him. Yeah. No, like, that's the worst, probably the worst thing worst you can thing do. You, do. <laughs> you know, keep your relationship with the DJs that book the clubs and then slowly bring your manager in. And if and if he has time, maybe he can fly out and hang and build. But But for the newer bookings, I'm shooting Zach an email saying, hey, this is so-and-so. This is what the club's like. This is what they know. This is what they know about me. And Zach will put out a nice email saying, hey, I'm Zach Simon. I represent, uh, I used to book at these venues. And now I'm, um, now um, this is my role at. Uh, Danger Zone Corporations. Danger Zone LLC. <laughs> no, um, I can't think of the. Um, I just Enterprises? Blocked. No, no, no. It's a club in uh, in Atlantic City. Oh, uh, oh, HQ. Yeah, there you go. He's like, this is what I do at HQ. I help with the bookings. Um, seeing if you're interested in booking Danger Zone, this is what he's done and lays out my short, my my quick, uh, quick version of my resume. And we'd love to hear back. So, and I think where the advantage is with Zach is he he's coming from an in from an industry job uh, perspective. He's in the industry as an employee. So whenever bookers or or owners when they see that there is a little bit more of a connection than just the Joe Schmo manager who has no connection to anything. Like, you know, it's like, it's like a, um, not necessarily a, a fraternity, but kind of in a sense, like yeah. they speak the same language. They, they know they respect each other because they know how pain in the ass nightlife can be. And they know the, the ups of nightlife. So coming from that, I think he would get more responses, whether they're interested or not, as opposed to, again, just some dude. But it takes time to build. Like, I've been doing this. We've been doing this for 15 years. God damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, I, couldn't, I couldn't do this six years in. Old issue. I mean, I, my loophole was LMFAO, but I couldn't do this two years in. And then when the LMFAO thing burned out and it burned out hard, I had to figure it out. I had to regroup and, and rebuild and do all that. So if you've been DJing for three, four years, like, this shit's probably not going to happen like that. You're just getting your feet wet. Yeah. You're going to have to go out and build. Shout out to Jason Craig. He, he, um, I had some bookings in Atlantic City. He's like, yo, I need to get out. I need to go. I said, all right, well, this is where I'll be and come hang out. Jason Weiss will be there. Zach will be there. Um, Chris Devine, shout out to him. And, and he got to meet all those guys. And I said, all right, cool. Like moving forward, if you continue to build that relationship and keep up with these guys and connect with them, you might have something or yep. better yet, you might have something for them to keep the flame burning and to keep that relationship alive. Right. So, um, yeah. And then, and then one more thing this recently happened, we're not going to mention any names and it's tough, man. It's tough. I would, Zach includes me in all the emails and I think he has no problem with that. CCs you or BCCs you? CCs me. And again, whether the um, booker cares to add me to it or not, I don't it's care. It's very as important as for you guys to know the difference between CC, CC and BCC because yeah. some of y'all yeah. listen. Um, but I would want to be. I would uh, like to be in on the conversations right. with right, the right, with right, the right. the booker owner because I want to know. I just want to see everything. It's not about a lack of trust. I would just love to see what what money we're talking about conditions, anything involved, because 
crazy things happen. You you think you know someone and and they end up taking money from you. And that recently happened and I'm telling and that may be a shock to some of you because it looked like a beautiful situation. Maybe not recently. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly happened. You're right. You're right. But <laughs> this has been going on for a long time. That shit happened. <laughs> <laughs> but this Allegedly. this shit has been going on since the beginning of time because you as a creator would know no different unless you had a conversation about money with the booker. And you're probably not having that. Who wants to walk into a club and say, yo, what's up? I'm DJ uh, Danger Zone. Uh, oh, hey, uh, Matt, nice to meet you. 5K, right? That's what we did? Like, how <laughs> awkward is that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, even building up to that will be weird. But what... what Money's hardly ever discussed. Yeah. And, like, openly. You go in openly. there, you shake hands, you talk about baseball and whatever. <laughs> you, you DJ. Just... Yeah, you don't talk about money. I mean, even amongst like some friends, like I'm sure conversations happen and they'll be like, all right, so, you know, how do they pay? And be like, the answer is going to be, oh, my rate was good. Yeah. (laughs) It's not, oh, yeah, they pay me a thousand or they pay me 750 or whatever, whatever, you know, because. But they'll say they pay me my rate. And vice versa. I got my rate. And then you don't want to ask what your rate is because it's like, that might be awkward. I mean, there's also situations where, like, you find out somebody's getting paid more than you or you're getting paid more than them. And, you know, you don't want that information to be used as leverage or whatever. Like, it it could give it could work in every which way. Don't discuss politics and you don't discuss rates. But this, (laughs) yeah, but this story is traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad, bro. But like you said, it's hard. Well, you got to finish the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, I found, uh, so we were told what allegedly happened. <laughs> yes. And the thing that's, I mean, yeah, it's fucked up that the, you know, DJ has conversation with, with, with Booker. Hey, we love to have you back. Is your rate still the same? Or something along these lines. Or, are you still four or five? Are you still $5,000? I'm like, what? I was getting 1500 Allegedly, that's how explained to me. Maybe, maybe not. Whatever. But these things happen. Like, oh, yeah, we were paying, you know, for X amount. So, and then there's, there's just other stories I won't get into, but then that awkward conversation has to happen. Then you have to have that conversation with your uh, agent. Um, Former. Former. (laughs) At that point, former. Absolutely. Um, But, um, but I have, I have one quick question for you on that because we tossed about it and and we lightly discussed it. Well, let me say this one more thing. What's mind boggling to me is. Who's offering four or five thousand dollars for a book? That is wild. Well, t- like, but but I guess some venue, every venue is different. But yeah, man, that's like for guys like me and you, yeah, like go, that's that's a lot. Yeah, go work for them. Yeah, Let's go find a way to work. Please, yeah. right, go ahead. Your question. Yeah, we need to no. find out that venue. So here's my question. <laughs> so here's my um, what's the uh, playing devil's advocate here? Yeah. Okay. So allegedly, someone was asked to play at a venue that they used to play at. The venue wanted to confirm that their rate was still X amount. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's call it $5,000. Yeah. And then the the service provider was like, oh, wh- what do you mean? I was getting X amount. Call it 30% mm-hmm. of that value. So there's this like gap. But clearly... The DJ accepted the gig at 30% of the value of what they were willing to pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was happy with that. Because mm-hmm. or else he would have never brought it up. Mm-hmm. Right? Or it would he would have never played there. Yeah. Right. So then 
if, let's say, said DJ was like, hey, how much do you want? And the DJ goes, oh, I want 1500 And then the, the booker goes and gets 5000 mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, when you explain it like, <laughs> when you explain it like that, then it's like, okay, you know what I'm saying? But we don't know if that conversation between the agent and the DJ happened where the DJ it, said... I'm okay. No, yeah, that's ass, that's assuming. And let's assume that's he probably asked, what yeah, happened. He asked the DJ what happened. Let's right? assume the agent said, "I can only get you fifteen. I can get you fifteen hundred for this." Right. Let's assume the agent said that. Let's say the approach sure. to the DJ is, "I can get you fifteen hundred dollars for this." Sure. All right. Cool. I'll take fifteen hundred dollars. Sure. We we're, we we'll also assume that's what that DJ normally gets sure. for their other gigs as well. Sure. Right. So he goes. All right, cool. I can give. I'll take fifteen hundred. Then finds out that they they were actually getting paid five grand. Right. Now, Allegedly. Now the verbiage is what the problem is there. Yes. You know what I'm saying? The verbiage is if you say I can get you. No, apparently you can give me more than fifteen hundred dollars because you yeah. got paid five thousand dollars for that shit. And that's why this shit may not hold up in court. Exactly. Suing so it, it depends so, on. So this is what. This is why that, you that's, email that's everything. Excellent. No, that's an excellent point, Mike. Um, and I think this is where. This is where you learn. This is where you where you uh, trial and error. You you live. You learn. You grow. Going into a conversation with the booker, it has to be established that yeah, my rate is fifteen hundred, but I want you to get as much as you can because typically, as a booker, you're going in overshooting. You're shooting high. Yeah. So you know, hey, if you can get me whatever three thousand, great. But we will settle for fifteen hundred. Yeah. Okay, so if you can get me four, th- so let's say it turns out to be five thousand. Sure, I think that booker has to give whatever five thousand, and then he gets his cut because the underlying uh, agreement is get me as much as you can. But that, that but that's not that's, true. Again, it's all about the verbiage. Because to, to Mike's point, he said he the DJ said to the agent. My rate is fifteen hundred. Cool, I got you. Yeah, I can get you your fifteen hundred dollars. Listen, even if this, even if that booker decides to give me five grand total, right? Here's your fifteen hundred, and I'm gonna take the problem because you, you capped yourself at fifteen hundred. As a ten ninety nine employee, it is your fault for not asking for the contract. <laughs> so if you're provided a false contract, okay, then that's when that's different. Morally, story. I mean, look, morally, there's some problems here. Yeah, morally, 100%. yeah. Business wise, though. That's that's the that's the DJ's fuck up for not asking for the transparency. Yeah. Not asking for the trail and not being involved. Yeah. Exactly. Like there should always like you're saying there should at least be a carbon copy in your email that al- allows you to see the communications happening when firming up a deal. Exactly. Now, again, if you don't know that that was your investment to learning that lesson. Yep. Yep. That money you lost. Because the reality is, if you brought me... That's a lot of fucking money you lost. I'll tell you right now. If you brought me something, a pair of shoes, because it's Mag Park. You brought me a pair of shoes. You're like, yo, I got these Yeezys, size five and a half. Cool. Like, I want... I'm like, how much you want? Oh, 300. Okay. But I know in my head, I could sell it for 500. Yeah, that's why I'm saying how much you giving out for it. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so that's where the, the language Which, changes. Exactly. Right? Okay, cool. We could either max it out for the price. We could price it out to the max. But if, but if you come in and you shoot yourself short, mm-hmm. 
well, all right, let me see if I could get th- I could get more out of this than twenty percent because I'm not going to live off of twenty percent. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. So, but that's why our contracts are set up in a certain way where it's like, all right, you set the list price, we will take twenty percent, straight clean. There's no moral. There's no whatever. It's this is what we think we could sell it at. We'll take our cut. We'll keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's all assumption. This is all assumption. We we don't know the details of how this uh, situation took place. As far as yeah. if the DJ was involved in the emails, if what the verbiage was between that DJ and that agent or agency. Well, um, well, how how would you feel if the agents told the booker? And and I'll, uh, this is out of our hands as DJs. But if you found out the agent said, "Hey, um, it's five thousand but um, let's keep this between me and you because I'm only giving him 1500 No, that's... Uh, There's no way because then that booker would never said... When the booker reached out to the DJ directly, they would have never been like, yo, is your rate $5,000 still? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, maybe not in that situation. I'm just saying just how would you feel if that if you were the DJ... Oh, we got a fight, and, bro. And the booker... <laughs> I mean okay. that that scenario is like straight. That's just blatant disrespect. Yeah. And so so like practice. so we can agree that morally it's not right, but I think both you and I can be right on a business sense because yeah, that is the gray area, and perhaps even a everything loophole. in business requires communication for the for the sake of like. And I tell this to to people all the time that I work with that that might not be as experienced. You need to dis, you need to explain every detail. That's why contracts that are vague or leave out certain scenarios will fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, and unless you learn that, and I've been doing this for many years now, like if I told, if I told a graphic print, a, a, a graphic designer, gra, let's say a graphic designer to get me a tech pack for a t-shirt to be made, and then when the t-shirt sent over and the artwork I submitted. Right from the graphic artist to the the printer, and it's off center, right on the artwork. Mm-hmm. That's my fault for not checking the artwork, mm-hmm. and for and for two not having the printer um, show me a picture of the first run before he runs everything else. Yeah, but if he runs all the shirts, all 144 or whatever I made, and they're all off centered, that's my ass. Mm-hmm. But why is that? Because I didn't check the details. Yeah. Now, if I check the details and I tell you, hey, the call-out pack's off-center, and I'm like, I don't have time to go back to my graphic designer to fix it. Can you guys fix it on the spot over there on your end? This is what I want. Then that's on him if he does that, right? Or if I say, make sure, in our contract, it says, make sure you send me a photo for approval before you run everything else. Yeah, That's on him. I feel like that's common sense, but I get it, but it isn't. But it isn't. It isn't. Because you yeah. wouldn't imagine yeah, you how many times I've ran like, into those yeah. situations. And it's because you literally, I tell everybody, you have to walk through every situation. So as a DJ, it's your responsibility as this is your income to make the time to make sure that, you know, everything is, is straight. 100%. I agree with that. And I'm going to give one more example before moving on from this. And this one's closer to home. So may, maybe you guys can connect with it. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to tap in Redful for this one. If Red Foo's rate is a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and the Booker in Thailand tells Ian, "We want, we want Foo for two hundred thousand," and the, Ian, the Booker says, "Our budget is two hundred thousand. Our budget is two hundred thousand. Ian says, "Cool, we'll take it. See you there." Okay. All right. Now, if Red Foo doesn't see two hundred thousand before Ian's twenty percent, 
and then he hears about it later and only receives one thousand instead of a hundred and um, only receives a hundred thousand instead of a hundred and eighty thousand or whatever the math would be. He's having a shift in it, and he may even sue Ian for that. But yeah. how can he though if their agreement is his rate is a hundred thousand dollars? No, I, I think it depends, right? Because like I would assume Ian and Fool would have a contract that says that said rate. It's probably not set in stone because I'm assuming every yeah, different give me place the most you is can a get. different rate. Yeah, and so I would so assume said rate. That's that's what DJs need moving forward. They need something in their contract that says like there's like, no, no set contracts. rate, and you can't. Huh? <laughs> no one does contracts. <laughs> well, I know, and that's the problem. Conf- yeah, yeah, that's problem number one. So unless you have trust in yeah. your your manager, agent, or whoever booker, like into upholding your best interest. Then, yeah, okay, don't have a contract. Yeah, but if you want to protect yourself, have a fucking contract. Yeah, you're a business, you're an entity, mm-hmm. and maybe and maybe things just get way more serious for when you're when you're a hundred thousand dollar DJ as opposed to a fifteen hundred dollar DJ, and you you have those um, all lined up. But yeah, that I mean, it's a great. You can't be mad at that conversation. Like, like I'm not trying to take sides here, but if Duke were to go into court and said. And say what we were talking about. Well, it wasn't really established, or there was a gray area, and you know, I maybe morally it wasn't right, but like he might win. But see, and then that's also word of advice. Anybody that I've ever dealt with, even on a personal level, like I'll give you a quick example. I tell everybody email me, like yeah. paper email, trail, baby, paper yeah. trail, mm-hmm. like sure. references. I can go into my Gmail. Search whatever fucking word that we were discussing, and that shit will pop right up, and be like, "Nah, this is what was said." Because even when I went to to train with our our uh, trainer Marcos, he's like, "Yo, can you bring me my hat order?" And I said, "I am not a delivery service, but and I'm not going to remember." So email me if you email me. I promise you that day I'm gonna bring it in. Mm. Surely enough. Boom. To-do list. Good. It's there. You sent it to me. It's on me from that point on. Yeah. yeah. It's responsibility. And that can translate in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Yep. So really, when and also when you're a DJ, like, don't put a ceiling on yourself. Like. Tell you what, man. When I go into these conversational bookers, I'm hitting them over the head with something big. And you never know. They might bite. And and it, And if they do bite, that helps the community. Because now the booker thinks for this quality of a DJ... You know, if I want to bring in Mickey Orell, like he's, they're probably the same rate as Danger Zone. So, yeah, everyone, no, everyone needs. Let's fuck around. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that's another good point. It's like always going with the bigger number. Anybody paying five Gs for a DJ? Let me know. Holla at me. Because Joe will it. do it for fifteen. No, I'm We're worth it. <laughs> make sure you, make sure all business transactions are worked through Mickey. Oh, he'll he'll forward me my work my them pay. through me. Holla at me. <laughs> I come out of nowhere, yo Joe. I got these gigs for you. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah, that happens. That happens. Um, all right, I think we're done here. Yes, a minute, a minute, hour ten. Um, globalization. We have who we have this week. We have Bossa Nova. Bossa Nova. Bossa Nova. Yeah, man. Um, shout, I mean, if you guys don't know Bossa Nova, this dude has a dope residency in Santa Monica called Mom's Bar, and he has some incredible edits, like just fire edits and guys remixes. On edits all the time. All the time, and apparently he has a nice backhand. Perhaps. Yeah. Beyond nice. All of it. 
Okay. Forehand, backhand, service. Service. All right. You Got know, it. He's he's nice. And he's just a nice guy. And he's just a really nice guy. And the, the week before that, we had Mark Anthony, Mark with the K. With the um, K. Uh, yeah, shout out to him. He had a he had a really dope um, house set. In fact, Phenom shot uh, us a group text saying the Pipple, boss. Yeah, Pipple was listening after one of his shows and loved the loved their show. So yeah, we're shout doing out something, to right? Yeah, we're doing <laughs> something, right? When does Mark Anthony DJ? <laughs> And hey, where's this guy Mark Anthony? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you need any host? All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and uh, we're out. Peace. Yes, Peace. late.